the organizations where they're already used to people working at home, where people have the ability to work at home whenever they need to, and everyone has access to all their files, all their stuff, has a laptop that's already in their bag, mm -hmm. um, those companies are not missing a beat. So, Everything just, just keeps turning. Yeah. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. Remotely. R loving the place you work remotely. Yes. Just a little bit more. I, I can love you better from a distance. Hey. <laughs> so, this is, in housekeeping, our 50th episode. Woo! <laughs> so... We have been talking for weeks about how we want to celebrate our 50th episode. And so what in, in podcasting, there are kind of episodes that, that are supposed to be special for you, uh, where, where podcasters will do different things to kind of memorialize it. And we've been thinking about what could we do to memorialize making it to 50 episodes as a podcast. And then basically this week came along and here we are here we are and we're doing our 50th episode about the coronavirus we're, we're in the middle of the virus we are in the time of virus that's right it's like zombie apocalypse it's not like zombie apocalypse not as exciting <laughs> it's far less exciting than i thought it would be it's true so the uh proper name for it is covid19 you may have heard of it you have probably heard of it, unless you live in a bunker 20 feet underground. So uh, everybody has an opinion about uh, whether it's the end of the world or whether it's overblown or what have you. We're not going to necessarily be addressing that today, but we're going to talk about some of the practical applications of what it means or, or what are the, the implications to our organizations and ourselves. So most of our listeners are here in Seattle, but if you're listening from somewhere that's not Seattle, your mileage may vary. I don't know. I know everyone is... Chengzhou? Everyone is hearing about Wuhan. Is that Wuhan, what you're thinking of? yeah. Everyone is hearing... I don't think we have any listeners in Wuhan. Well, from Seattle to Wuhan... Everyone is you. hearing a lot yep. about the virus. Uh, depending on where you live in the country, what you're seeing around you may be different. You know, I think people are just happy to have something else in their news feed besides politics. Fair, although this has been made plenty <laughs> political. But the point is that Seattle, if you don't know it, if you live here, then you do know it, is the epicenter of the outbreak. We're, we're proud of lots of things. It's not one of them. Coffee. No. <laughs> coffee. Not. Yeah, coffee. That's mostly it. Like, hmm. you know, like mountains. Yeah. There's lots of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We're at the epicenter. So it means that we have, uh, I think, still more cases than any other city. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that people have been taking really practical action in the area. So we, we also have a lot of people who travel to and from Seattle, a lot of people who are not natively from Seattle. Uh, so there's there's rumor that that could contribute to it, but we have a lot of tech companies, a well, lot of people who are from abroad. A lot of cities have tourists though. Yeah, but we have uh, cruise hubs, we have uh, a good bit of people sure. traveling through, or but, port city. Sure, but yeah. why it's this way doesn't really matter. I guess my point is mm -hmm. just depending, if you live in the Midwest, it's possible that 
people are still going to work as normal there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but here, the world is a little different right now. There are many, many people not going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go drive downtown, the traffic, the traffic is... Traffic is fantastic. It is really quiet. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of pieces of that. I do think that there are fewer tourists here right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people maybe decided to cancel their trip to Seattle. Yeah. But also, many of our clients are currently working from home. Mm -hmm. They are not at work this week. Yep. And uh, some of the more advanced clients, they just say, work from home for the next two weeks uh, and we'll be in touch. Mm -hmm. do, do your thing as normal. Um, and then there are others that don't necessarily have the ability to do that because they're not at that point developmentally. Mm -hmm. So it definitely brings up some interesting points. Yep. So, and even the people who are still at work, as usual, like us, sitting here in our office, mm -hmm. things are quiet mm -hmm. this week. So, it, it gives you some special opportunities to get some stuff done. So, it has had an impact on Arcade. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a big training session, and it was last week, and realized before people started showing up that maybe with everything going on, it would be wise to have some hand sanitizer on hand yeah. so, for the training session. So, good idea, but also from the point of visibility, people want to feel safe mm -hmm. when, when they're uh, in, in groups, right? And even when we walk around in our, our office building, if you cough or you see oh, yeah. someone cough, everyone will turn their heads like laser focus for fear that, that you're spreading the virus. Yep. Right? It's kind of an uncanny situation. I'm sure folks experience that in the world. So when you're getting groups of people together to provide uh, on-hand training, there's definitely a, an optics piece that you need to make sure that, that you're being responsible in having all of those people working together. Mm -hmm. So hand sanitizer, right? How many times have you just grabbed a bottle at the store or gas station or what have you? Mm -hmm. So uh, we never used it when our kids were little. Uh, we uh, It was just not a thing that we used. We'd have it. We don't buy hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. So silly us thought we could just go to the store in the middle of this outbreak mm -hmm. and just pick up some hand sanitizer. Why not? So it turned out that wasn't the case <laughs> after like four stores. Yeah, we called all around. This is the night before. And then went to plan B. Well, let's just make our own hand sanitizer. Well, yeah. So then we were going to try to buy rubbing alcohol mm -hmm. to make hand sanitizer. Then... Guess what? No rubbing alcohol. There was no rubbing alcohol to be had anywhere in the Seattle area. Right. We did manage to find a giant bottle of aloe vera, which is a key component. And that was missing most everywhere. You mm -hmm. couldn't find that anywhere. And Everclear. Yeah. And then you need lavender oil, which mm -hmm. I had a whole bottle of that at home because I'm me. Yeah. So we went and... <laughs> bought all of the, the ingredients and put it together and uh, had it then at our training session and then also had handout bottles for the folks who attended so that they could take those with them because mm -hmm. of the shortage. Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet that said, uh, the bad news is that with the economy tanking, uh, my retirement's gone. But the good news is I found a bottle of Purell in the back of my car, so I guess I have a retirement again. Always got to look on the bright side. Right? Yeah. So basically, we, since the training session, have been really quiet. There's been not a lot going on, lots of cancellations. And so we have spent the week working on rebuilding our website, which has needed to be done for a long time. For a long time. 
You should be seeing that going live in the next couple of days here. Jason's opening today. Today is, is my deadline. We'll see. Yeah, and we usually record at least a week before you mm-hmm. hear this, but today we're as close to live as we get. You're going to be hearing this on the same day that we are recording it. One take. One take. That's right. Nice and clean uh, so that we can get this up because this is of the moment right now. People are working from home right now and we wanted to get this information out there. Yeah. Uh, And then we're also in the process of launching our new foreman training program. So it's an eight week training program uh, and we're putting the finishing details on that. So that is uh, also included in our workload for this downtime period. Mm -hmm. And so the point of that conversation is not that we think you guys are so excited to see our new website or new foreman program. It is super cool. The foreman program is super cool. Watch for it. Yeah. Uh, But... It's more the idea that when things get quiet, it's a good time to kind of turn your perspective and think about what kind of focus tasks you have that you could spend this time doing. So you could just spend this time going through the motions of trying to do your same job remotely. Mm-hmm. But chances are you will have more downtime. You will have more space that's that's created because everybody else has more space as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, the world does get a little bit quieter during this period of time. Maybe you move up a vacation. Maybe you, you take an extra day or personal day or what have you, spend some time with the kids. Mm-hmm. But the world is oftentimes a little bit less demanding in situations like this. So it can be a great opportunity opportunity for you to figure out what are some of those big projects that you wanted to work on that take focus and seize that opportunity. We always have those things that you keep needing to do, but you always tell yourself, well, I'll do that when I have time. Mm -hmm. So little things, this is a great- That time never comes. Yeah. I mean, this is a great time to clean out your inbox. We, to, we've wanted to refresh our website for probably two years. Oh, it's been on my, on my parking lot for a long, long Mm -hmm. time. Um, so, but little things you could do, you can clean your inbox. Mm-hmm. You can uh, clean up your folder structure. Clean your office. Clean your office. Yeah. Well, if you're physically there. Either or, <laughs> right? If you're in the office, I guarantee it's a lot quieter than it normally is unless it's a hospital, right? All I'm saying is if you haven't been chased away from the sure. office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The point is that there are all of these things and it's a missed opportunity if you just spend your time cranking through the daily grind when you could be building that spreadsheet. You could be working on that big focus task. So make sure to take a minute and think about what kind of focus tasks you have and if there's anything that it might make sense to spend your time on right now. What has been on your list for two years? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So it also brings up the uh, topic that if you're working from home Mm -hmm. and maybe you haven't spent a lot of time in your career working from home. Or even if you're used to it Mm -hmm. with your spouse potentially at home too. The kids could be at home. Uh, there are schools canceling all over the place now, so your kids might be home. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, I believe, all of the colleges in the area have canceled. Yeah, so we're gone to remote only. If you have kids who live in the dorm, they are maybe home now. Mm-hmm. So your house is suddenly this hotbed of activity. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's all. Yeah. And it can be even harder to focus when you're in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So what are some helpful tips for people to to keep up focus for working at home? Well, so one thing is you can, uh, so you can go shut yourself away in a room, Mm -hmm. obviously, but that can be hard to do because we love hopefully the people in our house Mm -hmm. and would like to be with them. So one thing you can do 
is set up kind of a co-working time, especially if your kids are not little, little, Mm -hmm. if you have bigger kids, because they probably do have schoolwork they could do or art projects to work on. And if your spouse is working at home, then they may also have work to do. So sometimes it can help if we make a point of everybody getting surrounding the table, Mm -hmm. everybody setting up and everybody working together in the same space because Mm -hmm. then instead of the kids wanting your attention and you're like go away I'm working you're kind of redirecting them don't you have a don't you have math homework you're working on right now Mm -hmm. and then we can set up a time say we're gonna work for an hour Mm -hmm. we're all gonna work for a solid hour and then afterwards we're gonna bake brownies together Mm -hmm. put something fun at the end of it to kind of help redirect everybody to stay focused one interesting thing is happening where uh, the world is saying do not go out into the world mm-hmm. they're saying stay at home actually Washington State mm-hmm. I think last night mm-hmm. or maybe sooner than that I don't know um, released a statement saying that it is a now a state recommendation mm-hmm. that people work from home if they can and simultaneously small businesses are being crushed because mm-hmm. industry is not happening nobody's going out to eat mm-hmm. nobody's going shopping nobody's ordering Chinese food uh, yeah I heard Chinese restaurants are really hard hit right at the same time, everybody's buying all the toilet paper, apparently. I'm not <laughs> sure why we think toilet paper is the thing. We laugh, but then we're going to have to figure out how to make our own. <laughs> it's true. We're going to be, next week's topic is going to be how to make your own toilet paper. So we saw, uh, uh, I think it was in West Seattle blog, a push for people to go and and work at local small businesses. So Cupcake Royale mm-hmm. uh, is asking people to come and work at Cupcake Royale. So mm-hmm. it's this really weird situation where uh, half of the world is saying, stay away. And Social other, distancing. And the other half of the world is saying, look, we get it. Uh, but at the same time, everybody, we need your support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, if you want to do both of those things, you can work from home. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're working as a family around your kitchen table and you want to have an incentive, then work for an hour at home and then go work for an hour at Cupcake Royale. Yep. Uh, and, and that can help be the motivator to get everybody to, to actually focus on the tasks that they're working on. Yep. Absolutely. And if you have kids who don't have schoolwork, I know a lot of the schools kind of just dropped everything and said, right. we're going to figure out how to assign you guys work soon (laughs) stay tuned we'll get back to you Uh, and keep in mind you know as lifelong homeschoolers this Mm -hmm. is second nature to us but you might not think about it you can give them something cool to work on you can uh, pull out some some paper and give them crayons and then tell them to draw a picture of what they're going to be when they grow up so what are in this case for those people who are listening and have kids or smaller kids uh, what are some helpful learning sites or activity sites that could keep those those folks busy oh that's a good question Mm. Uh, so this is an answer that I don't have yeah so one of our favorites always has been a site called brain pop Mm -hmm. and brain is that for littler kids uh, it's all the way up to they have they have content that goes all the way up to high school. Okay. I mean, high schoolers are going to be less jazzed about watching a site with sure. educational videos. They have animated videos. Uh, and- it's animated videos mm-hmm. about everything, everything. Just uh, your biology topics or I math. The kids were heavy into reproduction videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they they watched, they learned, there were so many different phases. But the point is, um, Brain Pop is a really great one if you have younger kids because they're fun to watch. It's like they're watching cartoons, but they're actually learning stuff. And I have heard stuff from Brain Pop Pop come up many times over the years. 
There also is like GameStar Mechanic uh, or Scratch. GameStar Mechanic Mechanic and Scratch. It's like a game making. They're like game making. So the kids feel like they're playing video games, Mm -hmm. but because they're like building levels, they're kind of learning some basic building blocks of computer programming skills. Mm -hmm. So there's some cool stuff there. There's also a website for uh, Hour of Code. Mm -hmm. So Hour of Code is actually a one day of the year Mm -hmm. when we bring kids together and have them do these very simple coding type exercises. Uh, But that website is up year round. So there's lots of cool Hour of Code stuff you can play with. There's Khan Academy. Khan Academy. I was going to talk about Khan Academy. So Khan Academy is actually really getting cool. So we've been using it since it was just a collection of basically YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is now much cooler than that. There's a whole kind of gamification to it where you're earning points and um, but Khan Academy is not coding specific. No, Khan Academy has pretty much any school subject you can think of. So you could get a get a full education more or less with Khan Academy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if your kid's struggling at something, then you could check that you out. Can set them up that with that. Helpful. But the funny thing is, so um, our son actually uses Khan Academy, and when we logged on to it yesterday, mm-hmm. there's a special little notification on the site that says if you are part of a school mm-hmm. that has been closed because of the virus. Uh, Khan Academy is working to basically quickly give them the infrastructure to be able to teach at home. Mm-hmm. So they're basically trying to put themselves into place to provide that that interface that lets the teachers put the work up and yeah. the students get to it, well, which I thought and, was and really cool. The adults who are listening might learn something too. Yeah, absolutely. So, And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are tons and tons of great resources. So find something that your kids love and find some some web app. Also, Udemy is great for older kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, Udemy is actually great for college-age kids, too. Yeah. Photoshop classes or uh, basically any software you can think of or all kinds of cool stuff. So one of the, the interesting things that we're seeing with our clients are... The, the differences between the people who have been prepared for this mm-hmm. uh, and the people who are not. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked for a long time about the idea of moving to the cloud and decentralizing your network so that you don't have to rely on a server, so that you don't have to rely on a VPN, virtual mm-hmm. but private network, mm-hmm. uh, to, to access your files. Uh, moving away from desktops whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, The idea is that the more that you move in that direction, the more agile your organization is when something like this happens. And so it's not pertaining just to to, uh, pandemics. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pertaining to anything. If you have illness in the family, if you have to travel suddenly, there are a whole number of, of situations that could crop up that you can't anticipate. And the question is going to be, how much have you prepared for this moment? Mm -hmm. So the organizations where they're already used to people working at home, Mm -hmm. where people have the ability to work at home whenever they need to, and everyone has access to all their files, all their stuff, has a laptop that's already in their bag, Mm -hmm. um, those companies are not missing a beat. Everything just just keeps turning. Yeah, and, and I think another interesting angle of this is not just software, uh, not just a software discussion, but a Mm -hmm. process discussion, Mm -hmm. uh, a removal of silo discussion. If you have gatekeepers in in your organization that they're the only person who has access to information, uh, that is oftentimes a problem in situations like this. We need to create processes and create systems so that 
our whole team can access what it needs to access and we can push our projects forward uh, and we know the status and position of all those projects at any given time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just a software solution. It's not just technology. It is rethinking the, the uh, ways that we've controlled information in the past. Absolutely. It's, it's building our process out so that there is room for people to be wherever they are. If I can't move my projects forward because Barbara's sick mm -hmm. today or she's out or, or has personal leave, our whole, and, and our whole organization locks up and freezes because of that one pinch. I need to rethink how we're structured because we need to be able to function with or without every single person in the organization. Mm -hmm. So I, this is something I don't have visibility of. What's going on in terms of the field? Mm -hmm. Do we see right now a lot of projects shutting down or pausing the projects mm -hmm. or is everything mostly still moving in the field? So you see more people who are calling off. There are a couple mm -hmm. people who... Uh, who are having trouble with staffing, mm -hmm. uh, but primarily in the field, you are kind of working by yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're, you have gloves on, mm -hmm. uh, you you are working on a project, you're working in a different zone than a lot of those, other people. A lot of those people have access to respirators and know how to wear them. Oh, sure, you know. sure. Uh, but I think the, the type of work and the nature of work that they're doing, it's in a less controlled environment, mm -hmm. so the concern is less. So if you think about a closed office building, and let's say it's an open office space, mm -hmm. closed office building, and you have 100 people in a relatively small area, mm -hmm. uh, the concern for contagion is much more than if you have 100 people in a whole building mm -hmm. uh, and there are no windows. Right. Uh, so the, the risk of spreading any of that is, is far lower. Mm -hmm. And also the people in the field oftentimes rely on the paycheck. Right. Uh, and more often than not, if they're not at work, then they don't get paid. Right. Which uh, takes us actually to the next salient point mm -hmm. of this conversation, which is that conversation about paid sick time. Mm -hmm. So there's been a really interesting sort of social conversation about this because companies that don't have sufficient paid sick time mm -hmm. find that people then get sick and don't call off because mm -hmm. they can't. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so they come to work sick and those companies are struggling more mm -hmm. than the ones who pay people for their sick time because mm -hmm. then those people stay home and all of their people stay healthier. And the fear from from the company's perspective is what if people abuse this policy mm -hmm. and there are controls that you can put into place to to limit that um, but at the same time do you really want the people who are most contagious coming to work right. because they have no other choice and they spread what it is that they're carrying to the healthy people mm -hmm. uh, and and then we look at the result of that financially across the company and even if people were taking advantage of it uh, the, the impact and the cost of that is far less mm -hmm. than the realized impact that we experience when, yep. when people don't stay home when they're sick. Absolutely. It's it's so important that people can stay home when they're sick. Yeah. And that seems like it goes without saying. And that's, you know, this is kind of a, a side note, but mm -hmm. another thing that's been really, and it isn't really relevant to this podcast or to mm -hmm. construction specifically, but another big conversation that's happening is as they cancel schools, mm -hmm. they're talking about the biggest impact of canceling schools yep. is all of the children who won't get to eat. Yeah. And they, they won't get to eat or they won't have health care or uh, uh, 
daycare. They won't have people to look after them if they're five and six years old. Mm-hmm. Well, but I feel like not having people to look after them mm-hmm. is is rough. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it makes sense to me that that would happen, mm-hmm. right? Where you say, well, if we have a society where everybody's used to working and yeah. a lot of people are still working, yeah. if the kids come home and we're used to them being at school, we don't necessarily have that structure built in. Even mm-hmm. if we have plenty of resources, we just don't have a place to send them, yeah. which is different. But when we say... If they stay home, they won't be able to eat. Mm-hmm. Like that feels like something that maybe when this all settles down, we should just look <laughs> at a little bit. Uh, I think we'll all be too busy to talk about that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we'll, just we'll just be worried about making up for lost time. Just feels like like probably kids should have food. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're taking me back. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> you back to when you didn't have food oh, yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah. Government cheese and Aww. powdered milk. Yeah. Cabbage soup, it's good <laughs> stuff. Uh, so, what else? We have any other any other last minute notes for today? I don't think so. Just stay home and wash your hands and <laughs> don't touch your face and and you'll be okay. Flatten the curve. Tickets to uh, Kauai are what. $300 round trip. Stop talking to me about Hawaii unless you're going to take me there, dude. I hear you. Uh, okay. Uh, and then last minute items. We have Jetpack Cohort uh, going on. We're, we're in full bore here. We did have to reschedule by one week, but uh, it's going really well. And we're looking forward to graduating class. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Next and year for the program. Yeah, we're, uh, well, so first we're rolling out the Foreman program, which mm-hmm. you'll be hearing more about. But once we get that rolled out, then we're going to be starting to talk about who the next group is to come through the Jetpack cohort. So if you think that's you, then let us know. Yeah. Well... You can find us. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com, I think. You don't know. That's right. That's right. It's been a while. We haven't recorded for a little while. Uh, You can find us at www.arcadewayfinding.com. You can find The Critical Path uh, on any of the networks where you get podcasts. I think we're pretty much on all of them now. You can find us at Wine and More buying Everclear for our hand sanitizer. Apparently so, so that we can make hand sanitizer at the office that now sits in the bottles and doesn't get used. There you go. If you want some hand sanitizer, come yeah, on Yeah, come on down. If you yeah. don't have any hand sanitizer, we have a bunch of little individual bottles. You can come and take one. Got some flex time. You can come have coffee with us and we won't shake your hand. <laughs> no, it has to be consensual. We'll you have do to wear a bracelet. We'll do an elbow bump. Another internet conversation that's been funny yeah. is that there, the, the, I don't remember now if it was the CDC or the World Health Organization, but they released like a, a chart telling you how much your risk is based on different ways of interacting with them, oh. right? So if you kiss someone, that's way, way high. Okay. Handshake is fairly high. So they're saying, don't shake hands. They're saying, and then they said, fist bump and elbow bump. So of course they're recommending that people elbow bump, which is funny in and of itself. But in that list, there was one item that was prolonged fist bump as separate from fist bump. Wow. And people on the internet are like, what kind of people do prolonged fist bumps? <laughs> that's like a, weird. like a grinding thing? I like, don't know what it is. What's happening there? I don't know what's going on, but like prolonged fist bump, like that's our actually our jetpack. That's episode. a really good jetpack. Prolonged fist bump. Yeah. Watch for it. Watch for it. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn, Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. You can find us on our new website very soon, hopefully today. Yes, brand new shiny website coming soon, and yeah. you'll know when it happens because Jason will post it everywhere. Yeah. 
it's I'm super jazzed. It's gonna our, be really cool. Our current website, like if if you looked at it, go back to a Wayback Machine and look at it. Man, have we come so far? But the new one is awesome. Yeah. Well, and yeah, if you looked at our original website, yeah, yeah. that was terrible. It's all right. <laughs> so we've come a long way. So we don't really have outtakes. We do. Do we? Yeah, we do. Uh, did we really talk about this is not how we plan to spend our 50th episode? A little bit. So how did we plan to spend our 50th episode? In Kauai. In Kauai, yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, cutting our 50th episode on video, which I think we're going to come back to that uh, when, we're, when we're a little bit further along. Yeah, we had a, a meeting with one of our very favorite people in the whole world. Ben Bender. Amazing Ben Bender. Yeah. The best photographer in the world. Yeah. That's trademark. Yeah, we need to have him on. Yes, well, that's the plan. We asked him to come on. So maybe next time he's in Seattle, we'll get him to come on the podcast. But um, so Ben had the suggestion that we might try doing video podcasts mm-hmm. because then the same audio podcast goes up, but also we can have videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. which I don't know why you want to look at us uh. sit here and talk. But I mean, if you do, maybe that'll happen. So we're going to try recording a video podcast and see how that goes. Why not? Why not? We actually have an expert YouTuber to advise us on how to do that, which is Gowan. 14-year-old YouTube expert. He is. He's had a YouTube channel for like two years now. Is it only two years? I don't know. I mean, I think he's like been regularly posting for Uh, two years. Got it. Like he had the channel for a long time. It was more like Cadence's YouTube. I'm going to have a uh, new tagline. Stay well, Seattle. That's dumb. Don't prolong fist bumps, Seattle. <laughs> no prolonged fist bumps. That's okay. See, all of my eating dirt actually protects me from COVID-19. I don't know that that's true. When, when I was a kid and I just like rub dirt in my wounds and, you know, not get flu shots. Did you French kiss bats? Uh, probably a girl named Bat. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> if you didn't eat bats or like trade secretions with them, then you're not prepared for COVID-19 because it's only been in the bat community until now. We did have a lot of bats. Not like pets or anything. Just around. Just around. Yeah, but I don't know that you had a lot of like direct, like prolonged fist bump interactions with them. No. Did you ever prolonged fist bump a bat? We, we did swim in ponds. Uh, that were stagnant. Yeah, but I don't think bats were hanging out in the stagnant no, ponds. it's not specifically bats that I'm talking about, but just whatever bacteria would be growing there. Yeah, but like, that's the whole thing about COVID-19 is that it is a bacteria and a virus that has not, that people have not it's been exposed to. It's a bacteria and a virus? It's a virus. What? It's a virus that people... This is a new thing. It's a virus that people have not been exposed to before. Except me in the trailer park when I was a kid. You didn't get exposed to COVID-19 <laughs> when you were a kid. That's not how that works, Jason. <sighs> well, you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? Guess you'll have to wait and find out. Watch for it. Watch for it. <laughs>